Chapter 3 A knock on my bedroom door jolted me from the floor. It's Henry. Through the closet, his muffled voice told me the walls were too thin to tell secrets. With a hanger in my hand, I flung open the closet. Nobody was in my room. I bolted to the door, unlocked, and opened it wide. Henry barged in, shut the bedroom door, and charged to the window. Where is he? I didn't dare look out the window as I waited for Henry to tell me to duck down or run, but he said nothing. Is he there? I asked. Henry scanned outside. From my angle, the sky looked like a gray dragon eating the light. I don't see anyone. You're sure he was here? Yes, I'm sure. Unlike some people, I don't lie. Henry dropped the curtain. I never lied. I just didn't tell the truth. Same thing. I collapsed on a pillow in the open closet. Henry slid to the floor underneath the window. We need to tell your dad. Shh. He can hear you through the wall. He needs to know. I pulled my hair and twisted it. But he's worked so hard to make my birthday special. This can't wait. At least till after dinner, please. The man's gone now. Henry sighed. Fine. We'll talk to Matthew after dinner, but if we hear a single noise outside, we're hiding. Got it? Agreed. What did he look like? I shivered as his image appeared in my mind. His hair was black, maybe about Dad's age, same man I saw in the woods. Did he dress classy and look Asian? Yes. Henry nodded. That's Dr. Carper. You've had no sign of a power, right? I shook my head and tucked my legs close to my chest. Will he hurt me? No way, Peril. I'm here to keep you safe. And to take me away. You said so yourself. I won't force you to come with me, but if you decide to go, we should leave tonight. Let's make your dad happy with a birthday dinner, and then we'll tell him. I nodded. Get through. Hang on. Isn't that what life was about? Hey, Henry's expression was soft. Have faith. Elohim will work it out. I never believed in anyone, but maybe trusting in someone else was what I needed to survive. If Elohim existed, then I wouldn't have to worry about control. Was the answer just letting go? I remember... I gulped the emotion in my voice. That day you mentioned when I sang at school assembly? Henry nodded, then rested his chin on interlaced fingers as if praying would keep me talking. It reminded me of when Dad and I used to sing together, just for fun. Then Dad stopped singing. Instead, we stayed home. Dad used to say, Never can be too careful. He was only trying to keep me safe, but somewhere along the way, I lost my voice. I looked to Henry, then back to the floor. I don't know why I told you that. Henry bounced up. You've got a voice, Ro, and I'm going to help you find it. A smile grew on my face. I didn't want to pretend that Henry meant nothing to me. I held out my hand, and he gave it a firm squeeze. Henry smirked. You told me friends hug and acquaintances shake hands. I gave one last squeeze and held on. I craved his embrace, a squeeze without a dismissal. But I was uncertain if that would make Henry more than a friend. Take what you can get. I let go. You also told me that couples hold hands. I rolled my eyes. That is not what we were doing. Henry laughed. 
Now I have to tell Dad why you were in my room. Tell him we wanted alone time. He'll never fall for that. Then tell him we're together. We held hands after all. I'll never fall for that. Never is a very permanent word, Peril. Henry reached into my closet, picked up my guitar, and held it out to me. Play. I glanced at the guitar, dust settling on the wood surface, then up to Henry's eager face. You think my power is singing? You have a gift. But will it bring Mom home? Try it. I took the guitar, my fingers aching to play. There was still beauty in this crazy world, and I needed music to remind me. I strummed, oof, off. I tuned two strings. Better. If I could write Mom a song, maybe my voice could bring her back. It was a silly idea, but so was taking off with Henry to find her. Maybe she waited to hear my voice, or maybe hearing my voice would resurrect the dream of her return. I strummed a few chords and hummed. I stopped playing and focused on the melody forming in my head. Da, 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 da. I'm running after you, I sang. A memory flashed. I was three years old and I wore the necklace. Dad came into view and there was Mom. This was quickly becoming less like a memory and more like a vivid dream. She was beautiful. Brown eyes, oval-shaped face, a direct and probing gaze. She seemed sure of herself, confident and calm. Did I look like her? Could I be like her? Unafraid. I opened my eyes and the vision faded. I gasped. What was that? Henry watched me. Keep going. I closed my eyes. No vision. I took a deep breath in and sang out a little louder. I'm running after you. Mom came into focus again. So did Dad. They were standing in front of a closet. I could see myself at three like I was a ghost watching a movie clip of a memory. I took in my small wrists and fingers. My wispy hair hung at my shoulders. So tiny. Mom's color drained as she said to Dad. He's here. How? Dad asked. They looked at me and saw it. Mom gasped and covered her mouth. That's not possible. Dad rushed to me and pulled the necklace over my head. We should have destroyed this long ago. But the prophecy has to be fulfilled. Dad glanced at me. What about Pero? The doorbell rang. Mom leaned in to give Dad a kiss. Hide. Another ringing of the bell. A knock. Mom took the necklace and tucked it into her front pocket. Wait, Dad said. Won't Peril need the necklace later? Mom stepped toward the closet and opened the door. I don't know now. But the prophecy, she's an Abram. Mom stepped into the closet. My three-year-old self ran to Mom and clung to her leg. Where you go, Mama? She knelt by me. Her eyes widened and darted from me to the bedroom door. Pounding fists echoed through the walls. Why are you scared, Mama? Mama will be back soon. She kissed my cheek. I love you. She placed her hand against the wall of the closet. When she closed her eyes, more tears fell. She gripped the necklace and hesitated. 
The closet lit up in a rectangular shape. The light became brighter and brighter. The wall on the inside of the light vanished. A door-shaped hole appeared. Through the door, more light shone. Dim enough to watch, but so dense that nothing was visible beyond it. Dad eyed Mom, then her necklace. If they come for peril, they'll look for this. It's her only way back home. But, Mom's eyes pleaded, how will I get back? I'll hide the necklace. When the time is right, Para will wear it. She'll find you and bring you back. No, Mom said. Trust me, the necklace shouldn't be for her. I gripped the necklace that was over my neck as I watched the vision play. Dad studied her face, placing his hand on her cheek. Come back quickly. I will. Mom looked at me. My little arms clung to her leg. My hand wrapped around the necklace from Mom's pocket just as Dad pulled me from her and she stepped through the doorway. I wrapped my arms around Dad's neck and the necklace landed on the closet floor. Oh no. No! I walked toward the necklace. Mom turned around. Her eyes bulged as she reached for the necklace. Pero! I saw her lips move, but I couldn't hear her. Her voice was muffled by the light from the other side. An unseen barrier prevented her from stepping out. The light blinked. Then Mom vanished. I screamed. The door shut and returned to a plain wall in the back of the closet. Dad picked up the necklace. The chain dangled from his fingers and his tears covered the pendant. I clung to him and cried. Peril? Henry's calm voice pulled me back to the real world. I opened my eyes, pulled off the necklace, and set it on the floor. Henry had brought back Mom's necklace the same one that had taken Mom away, all those years, but it made people disappear and never come back. What was this power? <laughs>